Happy Mother's Day, moms. I know none of you ever feel like that. And, uh, but as I prepared for this sermon today, Unleashed Mothers, I've had a lot of people go, Unleashed Mothers? What are you thinking? Stay with me. Kleenexes are available if you think you need them. Uh, but I want to start out, I told everybody I'd make you laugh before I make you cry. So here we go. I want to start off today sharing a story with you that was sent to me uh, by email. Uh, and and it, it's just a great, uh, it's kind of like those Publix commercials. So hopefully I can do this some justice. A young man was shopping in a supermarket and he noticed a little old lady following him around. And whenever he stopped, she stopped. And, and she kept staring at him. And she finally, she overtook him just at the checkout counter. And she said, she turned to him and said, I hope I haven't made you feel ill at ease. It's just that you look so much like my late son. He answered, that's okay, ma'am. She says, I, I know it's silly. Uh, you know, but Mother's Day is, is just around the corner. If you could call out, goodbye, mom, as I leave, it would just make me feel so happy. She went then on through the checkout line and she went on her way out the store. The man was just... Bye, Mom! And she, she smiled and waved, and he just couldn't help but, you know, be pleased that he had brought a little sunshine into this little old lady's day. And he went to pay for his groceries, and the clerk said, that'll be one twenty-one eighty-five. He said, how come so much? I only bought five items. The clerk replied, yeah, but your mother said you'd be paying for her things, too. So, <laughs> thought it was going to be a tearjerker. <laughs> If a little old lady starts following you around the supermarket, don't say goodbye, Mom, okay? Help her with her groceries, but it stops there. <laughs> There's an old country song by a group. I guess I should say an older country song. It's not super old yet, but it's by a group called Confederate Railroad. The song is called Jesus and Mama Always Loved Me. And let me tell you, that's the truth. Even, even when we don't call like we should as adults, even when we don't always send her birthday cards on time, and even when we don't do a lot of things, Mama always loves us, and she still loves us. I mean, who else but a mother can say to you as a kid, wait till your father comes home, and then comfort you after he does? And say, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, I love you. I know, Dad. Yeah, yeah. She started it, Okay. <laughs> wait till your father comes home. And then she comforts us. Only a mother can do that. I'm reminded of another story that, that Paul Harvey tells. And it starts out with a Boston preacher named Dr. S.D. Gordon. He came into his church one day and he placed a, a beat up and bent up rusted bird cage beside his pulpit. And, and then he told this story to his congregation. He says, I, I met an unkept, unwashed little boy who was about 10 years old coming up the alley the other day. And, and in this old caved-in birdcage, he had several tiny birds, and they were just scared and shivering on the floor of the birdcage. The, the compassionate preacher says to the boy, Hey, uh, what are you going to do with those birds? And the boy said to him that he was going to play with them and have fun with them. And, and the preacher said, Well, sooner or later, you're going to get tired of them, and then what are you going to do with them? And the lad said, Well, I have some cats at home, and they like birds. I'll feed them to my cats. It's Okay. Maybe we'll get lucky and the cattle choke on the bird. They'll bo Sorry. Uh, the, boy, <laughs> the boy surprised the minister because he said, Mister, 
you don't want these birds. He asked him, he said, let me buy them from you. He said, you don't want these birds. They're, they're just old plain field birds. They don't do anything important. They're worthless. They're, they're ugly. The preacher said, just tell me, how much do you want for them? And this grubby little boy thought about it, and he squinted up at the preacher, and he said, $2. To his surprise, Dr. Gordon handed the man, the little boy, $2 bills. And the preacher took the cage. The boy took off down the alley quick. In the little sheltered crevice between the buildings, Dr. Gordon opened the, cage of the, of the, bird, or opened the door of the birdcage and gently encouraged little birds one at a time to find their way out through the door and fly away. Now, I tell that story because it reminds me of another story, a story that I just told last week as we started the Unleashed series, a story where a man named Jesus told a group of men to wait on the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm sure that his disciples were feeling a lot like those birds at that time. They, they were shaken. They were scared. They were tormented. Like everything happening around them was so outside of their control. Have you ever felt that way, moms? Have you ever felt so overwhelmed by the world, by school, by clubs, dance, sports, groceries, house responsibilities, laundry, your own career, balancing your house budget, balancing your time budget, spending time with your family, spending time with God, spending time with your husband because we're needy. (laughs) And at the end of the week, you honestly don't feel like worshiping. Most weeks, I mean... uh, Let's face it, moms, if we're honest, it was probably all you could do to get us out of bed, cleaned up and dressed, and here on time today for Mother's Day, (laughs) okay? Coming to church because it's Mother's Day. Now get dressed, okay? And then you come in every week, and we come up on stage, and we're all happy and amen and hallelujah-like. And in your mind on most weeks and in your heart and in your soul, if you're really honest, you're sitting here and you're thinking, I'm just so wiped out. And it's not every Sunday, but probably most at the end of your week, you're you're just feeling like a little bird in the bottom of a bent-up birdcage, shaken and discouraged by the events of your week. But what is about to happen here today has the ability to change your outlook on all these things. Because what you need to know today is that just like when the preacher set those little birds free, that preacher paid a price And he unleashed those little birds so they could live out their potential. So that they could fly and sing because that's what little birds were designed to do. And what I want you to know today, mom, is this. Jesus Christ paid a price for you. He paid it with his life. And because he paid that price, you are free to fly and sing and be all that he has designed you to be. Because of his sacrifice, you are able to have the Holy Spirit living in you if you choose. And because of his sacrifice, you are unleashed to live accordingly. And that's what we're going to talk about today with Unleashed Mothers. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to speak here today. I thank you for the opportunity to to encourage our moms. I pray, Lord, that you can set aside all distractions, that we'll not sit here and, and be concerned about the world coming in on us or or what we forgot to do yesterday, or what we need to do tomorrow, but you will just allow us to sit here and be filled with your word, that you allow us to be filled with your Holy Spirit, that you will move in this place. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Mothers. New mothers, experienced mothers, expecting mothers, grandmothers, and great-grandmothers. I found this anonymous poem that was written about you 
and the relationship you have with your kids over the years. And it goes like this. When you're a child, she walks before you to set an example. When you're a teenager, she walks behind you to be there should you need her. And when you're an adult, she walks beside you so that as two friends, you can enjoy life together. What that means in short, teenagers, is your mom is here to teach you, to lead you, to guide you. When you get older, she can be your friend. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. But right now, moms, my question for you is, how do you do this? How do you spend life walking before, walking behind, and then walking beside? Well, it's like I said earlier, when you have the Holy Spirit living in you, leading and guiding you, it makes a difference in how you treat your husband. It makes a difference in how you raise your kids. And it makes a difference in how you discipline. It makes a difference in how you disciple your little sticky face, sticky finger disciples that grow up in your home. And it makes a difference in how you love your family. I want to share with you all something that I said as I preached at my mom's celebration of life service after she passed away just a few weeks ago. And it goes kind of like this, but I have to set the stage for you. Um, My mom's Bible is a wreck. It's literally held together with black tape on the outside. The pages are crinkled and some of them are smeared and there's coffee stains on it. There's water stains where it's been caught in the rain as she was going in and out of church. Uh, She's had this Bible for a good 20 years. And, and as I went preparing for her uh, celebration of life service, I'm, I'm going through her Bible, and it's just wore out. It is a, it's a, a worn-out Bible. And I got to thinking about that, and I remembered an old saying that goes like this. It's been said that a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. I thought, I like that. I like that thought a lot. You see, because the well-worn pages of a Bible, they tell a beautiful story. Every wrinkle marks a spot where someone came to meet God. The notes and the margins are are reminders of lessons learned and questions asked and surrender given. In a few places, you might even find smeared ink where, where teardrops have fallen and where spiritual battles have been fought. And we are reminded that sins have been forgiven The cracked and worn binding of a Bible reveals strength that has been unleashed in prayer as the words of God have breathed life into a soul. You see, because the Bible is more than just a book. God breathed and his heart took shape in the form of words on paper. And his word is a window into who he is. How he loves us and what he is doing in us. It is a mirror by which we can see our own hearts. It shows us the truth about who we are, why we need him, and who we can be in him. Your Bible, it's a light that shows us where to go. It shows us who to trust, how to be filled with joy. My mom's life was not perfect, but I can show you in her Bible time and time again where she wrote, read this at my my husband Sam's funeral. This brought me through my mom's funeral. Grandkids' first memory verses. Decisions and hard times and things that came into my mom's life. She went back to the foundation of that old, worn-out Bible. It helped her stay focused. It helped her be who she was. And it helped her to reach out to her friends and her community. The neat thing about 
the Word of God, and as we take a moment to honor moms, I want to just challenge all of our moms in the room today to make it your life mission that as you go through life, I want you to get through life by wearing out a Bible and scarring up your knees. That's, that's what I want our moms to do in Huntsville Christian Church. My prayer for our moms here today is, is that when you go to be with Jesus, that part of what you believe you leave behind on this earth will be your worn, tattered, wrinkled, written in, cried over, prayed through, battle-scarred, cracked-binding Bible that is falling apart. Because in your Bible is where you will find the wisdom and the knowledge you need in raising your kids and caring for your family. You're not going to find it in any self-help aisle at Barnes & Nobles. The best you can find is right there in the Word of God. I can't help but think of the verses from Proverbs 31 when we talk about moms and we talk about a virtuous woman. And that's what we're going to share, what I'm going to share with you today. So if you would, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 31. This chapter begins, the wife of noble character. And I'm going to start in verse 10, Proverbs 31, verse 10. It goes like this. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Okay, is anyone else tired here? I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> Can we get Cliff Notes version of this real quick? It goes like this. Here's the recap. This woman gets up when it's still dark. She works until crazy hours of the night, provides for her family, and looks and feels good doing it. You know, as Christians, we always focus on the advice given to us in this passage. Anytime that we're talking about moms and women and, and, and you know, being a virtuous woman and those kinds of things. But before you accept advice, I think you should consider the source. I mean, 
Honestly, ladies, if Drew Carey was giving you fashion advice, how seriously would you take him? (laughs) So just for a second, I want you to think about how and look at how our amazing God works through this passage. As I was looking at this, and I'm going to share a few more verses here in just a minute uh, from Proverbs 31 and make some application. But but what you have to understand, ladies, and and how you can definitely apply this to your life is, is these verses, this Proverbs 31... It's not the ramblings of a women should submit to my every whim kind of man writing this. You need to understand that. Okay? This was an intense word given to King Lemuel by his mother. Proverbs 31.1 says, The sayings of King Lemuel, an oracle his mother taught him. Okay? So even though I'm sharing it with you today, this is kind of woman to woman. All right? <laughs> this, is, this is God-breathed advice that comes to the hearts of women straight from the heart of another woman through what she taught her son. Do you see how that connection starts to set up, moms? Through what you teach your son, and it's going to kind of work its way around. God breathed advice. Because God knew and understood the need for women to influence one another. He created his daughters to be this way. Bottom line, he knew this, that while, while men can and definitely should have a spiritual influence, um, on, on women and on our families, that when you get down to it, only godly women can model how to be godly women. So when you look around this room, moms and grandmoms and great-grandmothers, aunts, whatever you are, you look around this room and understand that only godly women can model how to be godly women. I cannot model to our girls how to be a godly woman. It's not going to happen. I will fail epically. Some of you can and need to do just that. You need to share that with our girls, with our younger moms, with our newlyweds, with our expecting mothers. That's, that's part of that Proverbs 31. Recent research conducted proved that the average woman speaks 20,000 words per day. While only men, excuse me, while men only speak around 7,000 words per day. If you're like me, you're thinking... Just 20,000? Wow. <laughs> ah, just kidding. No, come on. <laughs> 20,000 words to our 7,000. Now, this could be detrimental or it could be beneficial to the church depending on how you women are influenced. Because God knows his children's specific weaknesses. And in love, he cautions about them in his word. He warns men against such things as being double-tongued or addicted to much wine or, or that we should be slow to anger. But he cautions women about being malicious gossips in 1 Timothy 3, 8 and 11 and in Titus 2, 3. You see, most women of all ages will say that gossip is something that happens daily in their life. Not that you all are doing that, understand, because you would never do that. But it, it happens in the circles that you travel in, at work, at college, at, at church sometimes. At different places. It happens. Now I read an article from a lady named Deborah Tannen. And she is regarded as an expert in linguistics. In gender and linguistics. And she made a note that women use gossip as a means of building relationships with one another. By communicating something with someone else. That you would not necessarily ever say out loud or in front of a large group of people. When a woman discloses something personal. It produces a closeness that women desire in their relationships. You paid attention, husbands? Women desire closeness in their relationships. You have to say more than yes, dear. 
okay? But God instructs us to not associate with gossip. So ladies, you've got to hold one another accountable in those temptations when they happen, especially younger ladies. The things you say now have a potential to define you for what you become later. The things you write on Twitter, the things you put on Facebook. We have to be careful with those things, young ladies. But also, older ladies, our, our older women who have foundation with Jesus, need to encourage discussions on intimate spiritual things. We need you to pour yourselves into our younger ladies, sharing with them what the Word of God says. And when we do those things, when we help our ladies, our, our young ladies who are growing up, focus on, on spiritual things, it can help eliminate gossip as a means of showing how much you trust one another and how your relationships can build. Make sure the words coming out of your mouth are encouraging and uplifting, just like the advice from a very godly woman, King Lemuel's mother. As I close out today, I have a word or two for husbands and kids. And it's also based on these verses. And I'm going to start with verse 10. And so just kind of track with me as I share this with you. Verse 10, a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Husbands, make sure that you are treating your wives in a way that show her she is worth far more than rubies. Make sure that your wife knows she is the only one who catches your eye and your heart. Encourage your wife so that she knows you have full confidence in her abilities and what she is called to do in helping to raise your family. Young people, listen to verse 26 and 28. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. You know what that means? It means your mom is smarter than your dad looks. Okay? (laughs) Moms, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are unleashed by God to speak wisdom to your children and to instruct them in life. Verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Young people, teenagers, tweenagers. You know what that means? It means that she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. What it means is that God has unleashed her in your lives. It means that your business is her business. It means that she does have the right to go through your room. It means that mom does have the right to look at your computer and know all of your passwords to everything you have passwords for. That's what that means. Yes, she can censor your Facebook. She can look through your purse or wallet. She can read any text message on your phone. She has a God-ordained right to do that. And husbands, that goes the same for us. There are no secrets in marriage. That's why God put in there for better or for worse. So you share those things and you get through it. You, You don't build bridges and secrets with passwords and things like that. And you know what? This, this is my favorite part. It, coming up on verse 28. You know what God says about your reaction to that, dads and children? When, when mom is in your business, when your wife is in your business, and, and she's doing the things that God has unleashed her to do in our lives. Verse 28. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Remember that, especially teenagers, because I know how you guys are. I've worked with you. Your mom, when she's all up in your business, your mom or your wife... The only name you get to call her is blessed. You hear me? Because I know how it works. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Ladies, allow God to unleash you on your family. 
be what he has designed you to be. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Verse 31 says it, says it very well. When we're thinking of our moms, whether they're alive or they've gone before us, it says, give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise to the city, at the city gate. Moms and everyone else that's here today or listening on our podcast later, I want you to remember this. Jesus Christ paid the price. He paid it with his life. And because he paid that price, you are free to fly and sing and be all that he has designed you to be. Because of his sacrifice, you're able to have the Holy Spirit in you, living. And because of his sacrifice, you are unleashed to live accordingly. Now I know Father's Day is just around the corner, so dads, you're going to get a dose of this too. Moms, you are unleashed. You are ordained by God to be that foundation in your family. Discipline, love. It is your right to go through their stuff. It is your place to know what your kids are doing and who they're doing it with and where they're doing it. No matter what our world tells you, you are not a little bird in a beat up cage. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Your father is the king. He left you his word. And when you read it and use it and wear that Bible out, you will see him unleashed in your family. As we sing our decision song today, will you go ahead and stand to sing with us? If you have a decision to make, we're here. But most of all, just know, moms, you are unleashed by God to be what he's created you to be.